Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Waiteka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Hello, everybody. I'm really excited about this show today. My guest today is Dr. Dee Carroll. She has degrees in psychology, business administration and management, She's also a speaker, a coach, a consultant, an author, and a podcaster. May I say there's probably a whole bunch more things. Maybe she's a pet owner. I don't know. We'll talk about that. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. D. Thank you for having me. Of course. It's it's a pleasure to have you. And for those of you listening, I'm going to just go ahead and spell out how where Dr. D's um website is because not everybody spells names the same way so if you want to go to this beautiful website it's d-r-d-e-e-c-a-r-r-o-l-l.com yes there's two e's two r's two l's that is how you can find dr d and she has a beautiful website so now that i've done that commercial for you let's talk about you why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself Thank you, Marcia. I am a speaker, well-renowned. Um, I have spoken on topics such as fear. I've spoken on moving beyond, transformation, reinvention, and the like. My whole mission in life, Marcia, is to inspire and empower, in particular women, but people in general, to overcome whatever is plaguing them whatever is holding them back, moving beyond their trials, tribulations, and adversities. I'm an author. I have two books. Mm -hmm. My first book is Emotional Emancipation, Step Into Your Freedom, Reinvent Your Challenges, and Move Beyond. My second Mm -hmm. book, which is an international number one bestseller, and that is called Looking for love in all the wrong places. Oh, I have we're going to talk about that. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, Go my ahead. Podcast. Uh, yes, I have a weekly podcast which is called "Quitting Is Not an Option," and I'm a life coach. I spent 28 years running a multi-million-dollar operation, which was staffing and management consulting. And uh, due to the bad acts of a CFO, lost that whole thing after 28 years. And so now, yes, very, very, very uh, tormenting and and really put me in a crazy space. However, Mm -hmm. quitting is not an option. And because it's not, you learn from your mistakes. You learn from whatever it is that's ailing you and you move beyond. You sure do. So that's the quick and dirty. Well, and you know, and we're going we're gonna to dive deep into this because I really would challenge anybody that we either one of us ever meet that can't relate to this subject 
because I, I, I just think whether you're a man or a woman, there are things sometimes that are that cause us fear or anxiety, however you'd like to define it. But you refer to yourself, which I just love, as the emotional emancipator doctor. And why, why choose those words? What does that mean to you, to us that are listening? Okay. Emancipation goes back to slavery. And mm-hmm. emancipation was a freeing of the slaves. And so I say right now, right here today, while we're not in slavery times, but so many people are slaves to whatever the situation might be. And so emancipation uh, proclamation was the document that freed the slaves. So now we're dealing with emotional emancipation. So we now need a document that frees individuals from emotional torment, from pain, from anxiety, agony, and the like. So you can get caught up and live a miserable life, much like slavery, because you are a slave to the situation. Yes, that that makes a lot of sense. And I don't think it has anything to do with male, female. I don't even think it has an age connection to it as well. Because, you know, you see young people, I mean, we could talk about, um, you know, what we use today that's always in our hand, whether you're an 8-year-old or you're a 70-year-old, it's either in your pocket or it's in your hand, but sometimes that that cell phone um, holds us captive, doesn't it? It does. It does. Yeah. It really it, does. It, it really it does. Be... Oh, see, we both said that at the same time. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it can really be a good friend or it can be your own worst enemy. It's how you yeah. use it, your perception of it, and what you use it for. Allow right. it to be used by you, not allow it to use you there's a difference you bet you bet that's true and it's 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 really interesting whoever would have thought you know all these years ago when our parents were alive that we would have had this kind of um devices and technology that allows us to do things like what we're doing right now i mean you're you're on the other side of the country and here we are having this lovely conversation. And um, some people have their eyes wide open. Um, it's not our decision to make that decision for them. I happen to be an eyes wide open kind of a person. I believe you are as well. But let's talk about the big, the big word today. And I think we'll be talking about this for, for a good portion of our podcast together. And that's the word fear. And what is, I'd like your definition is of what is fear and why is it important to decipher that early on? Please take your time and explain that to us. Okay. First of all, fear is either real or imagined. Both have a major impact whether it's an actual fear, something you should be 
thinking of in the uh, resulting in fear or it's in your mind. And fear comes from the threat of harm, whether physical, emotional, or psychological. So when we talk about fear, we think of an unpleasant, often strong emotion, which is caused by some type of anticipation or awareness of danger, which leaves us either afraid or apprehensive, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. We can also think about fear as being a word which we use to describe our emotional reaction to something or someone we feel is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And fear can also be attributed to feelings of stress and anxiety. But the the kicker, though, the kicker is knowing what fear is and making a decision to not allow fear to rule you. You have to manage fear. Yes, I would agree. And, you know, it's really funny. Um, people that, that know anything about me have been following me, just know my backstory. You know, I live alone, except for my cat. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend her. But sometimes... <laughs> I find that I say to other widows and people, basically they're, they're widows that I'm referring to specifically, we have to be our own cheerleaders mm-hmm. because if we get wrapped up in that fear you're just talking about, with the what-ifs, you know, why not change the the way, the paradigm, why not change being fearful and saying, you've got this girl. And speak it. Say it out loud. Don't just think it. At least, in my opinion, that's I need to hear it. Maybe others would, would maybe others want to take notes about it. But if something is causing me fear, I need to actually speak it. Sometimes it's with just myself. Sometimes it's with my friends or my family. But I do think it's important to decipher, like you just said, what is it? Is it is it anticipation of something that you do or you don't have control over? Is it real? Are those are those really droppings of termites on my floor in my kitchen? Mm-hmm. Well, Marsha, mm-hmm. I don't know. It it doesn't look normal. Okay, so what are you going to do about it? Make a phone call. Don't pretend like it's not there. Sure, that kind of sends a little fear through your system, like, oh, my God, what if they have to tempt my house? Please, let's not jump off the deep end here, but let's make a decision. And I think that that's really what you're talking about. So based on, on what I've just said in my, I mean, because I can relate to what we're talking about, but how does it negatively impact our well-being? It has a major impact on our well-being. Uh, fear actually stored in our stomachs and intestines. And there's an old adage, Marcia, that says, it made me sick to my stomach. Yes. We've all heard that. Yes. And that adage brings us in touch with this and reminds us 
that fear can cause digestive problems, pain in the gut, bloating, constipation, IBS. It can cause all of these things. But stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline are released in our body when fear is present. Our blood pressure can go up. Our heart rate can increase. You breathe faster, and your blood flow changes, and blood is actually flowing away from your heart and into your limbs. So you, you've also known or seen or heard or experienced when you see people, if they're afraid, they can throw punches or they can run faster because this blood is going to the limbs. So it, it mm. prepares you and positions you to take a flight or fight, right? But fear has a major, major, major impact on us. And so we really want to take time to make sure we control fear. Don't allow fear to control us, especially in the cases, Marsha, where it's imagined. Now, if it's real... That takes a little bit of extra work. But if it's mm-hmm. imagined, throw it out the window quickly. Those what ifs. Mm-hmm. Yes, so that's right. Tell us, and, and you know, I, I think it's really interesting because I just wonder how many hands went up in the air when you talked about how it affects our stomach. Yeah. You know, you're afraid. You know, even if it's, even if it's um, a kid about to make a speech and do their oral re- report in school and they're in the fifth grade, and what happens? They get a stomach ache. Oh, my God, I can't do this. Yes. It doesn't really matter the age, does it? But how can... Not at all. Tell us about some... It doesn't. So tell us about some ways to stop fear from stopping us. Some ways. Well, first of all, let's talk about an easy out. And that is okay. I like to use acronyms. So when mm-hmm. we say stop fear, let's look at the word stop. S would be support your future by seizing opportunities. T, take control of your thoughts. Don't allow your imagination to run wild with you. How about O, overcome your fears and open up to possibilities. What if? What can I do about it? And how about P, positive self-talk? That will keep your problems in perspective. Now, there are other ways to stop fear in its tracks, and they would be um, know and admit your fear immediately. That's right. Admit it. That scared me. I'm fearful of that. Um, But after you admit it, you want to embrace your fear, whether it's a new one or it's a fear from the past. Own your fear. Talk about it. You really want to talk about it. Take courage and let it go. Release the fear. How can we do that? We can do that through deep breathing, meditation, speaking, writing, and then there's tapping. I don't know how many people are experienced or know about that, but tapping seems to work. And I've only tried it a couple times, but... Explain that. I've never heard of that. 
Dr. D, I don't know what tapping yeah. is. Tell me what that means. Tapping, and I'm not an expert on tapping, okay. but I'll tapping try. is just that. You start tapping on something. Um, your leg. And you just You're sitting allow, down. Yeah. Uh-huh. Allow your your mind to just release and just go in the mode of the tapping. Now, someone introduced it to me a few months ago, and so I'm not mm. abreast, well-knowledgeable about it, but just no. tapping and following it, it brings your breathing down, it allows you to relax, and it puts you in a comfort zone, if you will. I so, love that. I already mm-hmm. do yoga. Mm-hmm. I already do that kind of breathing. I, I, it's important for me yes. personally to do that. But I love the idea of tapping because, frankly, what it does is it gives me a music thought. I mean, it's like, it's like a beat. Now you could think yes. of, you know, you could even, uh, for me, I can tell you right, like right now I'm tapping the top of my leg and, and I immediately hear a song. And, um, and what that does is it really changes my, my perspective on what was causing me some, something that was maybe fearful. And I've just sort of like changed the channel, so to speak, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's, that's, that's really, that's, that's lovely. I had, I had never, I've never heard of that. Let's talk about something that I think is, I love your acronyms, by the way, and we're going to go back to that stop again a little bit later into this broadcast because I really want, uh, I'm taking notes. Maybe others are doing the same. I want to make sure I get that straight. But here's another one, and that is, what is the O-W-E club? What does that stand for? O-W-E is the own worst enemy club. Yeah. So <laughs> you can be, to be your in that, own right? worst enemy. <laughs> yes. Yes. You can oh, literally man. be your own worst enemy. And the last thing you want to do is to allow yourself to be a part of this club. This is a club you never want to engage in. Membership, actually, in the OWE club disrupts our ability to think clearly. And what happens there? When you're not thinking clearly, this leads to procrastination, self-doubt, a lack of self-worthiness, and creative blocks, you know, they, they shut down. All of this mm-hmm. will literally stop you in your tracks. So please, please be mindful of this club and commit to never becoming a member because it will overtake and consume you. I love that. That is, you know, um, there's a lot of people that do TED Talks, a lot of people that do podcasts, just mm-hmm. like you and I are doing. You're a podcaster, too. And I think that is such an interesting topic, being your own worst enemy. You wouldn't, mm-hmm. you wouldn't wish that on your children. You wouldn't wish that on your loved ones. So it's not a club you want to sign up for. You really don't. Not at all. I, and, I, mm-hmm. and I think that... And I think that um, procrastination and self-doubt, you know, that, that, that definitely plays a part in it because we oftentimes want to put off 
what we're fearful of. And it's like, oh, gosh, I have to take the driver's test? Oh, my God, I'm, I, I know I'm going to fail it. Oh, gosh, what, what's going to happen if yeah. I fail it? And you just spiral out of control, right? I mean, there's a lot of yeah. things that can do that. Now, I suppose this word that everyone uses today, which is pivot, you can pivot. And we're going to talk about that as well, on how to stop that, um, because I know you've got those answers as well. But sometimes people have what's called an elevator story, and I believe you have mm-hmm. an elevator story. And I'd like to know what that is and why it's important to understand it. My elevator story is very, very simple. Okay. It is people are like elevators. They will either take you up or they'll bring you down. So you want to be very discerning about who you choose to hang out with, who you choose Mm -hmm. to associate with, who you choose to bring into your circle. We, our family members, we can't do anything about. Our friends, we decide on. Our associates, we select them. So embrace your family and whatever ills they may have because that's family. However, you should never be plagued with people that are not there to uplift to inspire, to empower, to support you and whatever it is you're going for. If you don't have that type of friend or an associate, get rid of them. They're no mm-hmm. good for you. Right. And I might add and I you know, I I love this conversation. You you not you personally you or me personally me, but we can be that same person to the people yes. we know. So people can bring us up or down, but we can also yes. say, and conversely, we can do the same. And it's an, important, it's an important recognition to know that just the choice of your words could be very um, uplifting and inspiring for somebody else, just like running into this woman today out of the blue. We both inspired each other because Mm -hmm. we took our humanness and shared it with each other. Just as a side side thought about this, because we have some time for this, and I feel like this is a subject that I have a lot of thoughts about. I don't know. Do you do you get out and walk very much just for the exercise of walking? I love walking. I haven't been able to do it so much lately because Mm -hmm. I had to have a surgical procedure. As a matter of fact, a hip replacement. Fell down a flight of stairs in New York, and that just kind of messed me up, and it got so bad bone on bone, right? So I love walking. It's it's very relaxing. I love walking, and I'm looking forward to getting back in the game. Oh, I hope you do soon. Well, here's my thought about that. So where I walked... Because I got one of those watches, so I am, I, you know, I'm going to close those rings every day. And yes. I go to a location where I'm not concerned about whether I will trip on the sidewalk because our homes where I live were built, you know, 
decades and decades ago, and the trees have uplifted a lot of the sidewalks. You can't really walk the sidewalk safely, not unless you're going to walk with your face pointing face straight down. So you either have to walk Mm -hmm. on the street or you have to find another place to walk. And there's a place that's not far from where I live called Playa Vista. It's the home of Google, YouTube, Ah. and Yahoo. Mm -hmm. And there's many, many condominiums along one side of the street. There's dog parks. There's all kinds of things. And that's where I walk every day. And this woman that I happened to run into today and started a lovely conversation with, I said to her, is it just me or have you noticed that as you're walking towards somebody, they don't make eye contact with you? They don't just Mm -hmm. like drop their head just a moment just to acknowledge that you are another human being? I recognize if you're walking with somebody, you're in a conversation, like, I get that. Or perhaps you're on a business call and you've got your earbuds in. I get that. But even saying that, just a simple head nod says, I am a human and I recognize mm-hmm. you as a human. And I wish yeah. there was more of that right now. I'm, I, and, and it goes across gender. It goes across age. And when I see, when I make contact with somebody with their eyes, I always say, good morning, hello, have a nice day, whatever it is. They may not respond. Are you the same way? I am. As a young girl, I was walking with my grandfather, and we were walking uh, along the town. And so some guy walked by, and he spoke to the guy. So I said, Gran, do you know that man? And he said, no. I said, well, why did you speak to him? He said, daughter, let me tell you this and don't ever forget it. He said, everyone is due the time of day, whether you know them or not. You Mm -hmm. always greet and speak to a person when you pass them, especially passing them that close. So I I do it all the time. And, you know, Mm -hmm. you made me think of something else, and that is, I don't know about you, but I know when I was raised, I heard from my parents, never speak to strangers. I mean, right? They used to say that to us back in those days. (laughs) Things have things right, but I'm right, but things have Mm -hmm. changed. And granted, you don't have to get into, you know, where did you buy your shoes? I I love your your lipstick color. You don't have to get into all of that. It can simply be... Like when you're in when when you're in other countries, um, I, I I found that that was always the case where you had a cordial just head nod. It was like respectful. It was a sign of respect to just yeah. nod your head hello. So I don't know. I, I I didn't mean to take us off into a tangent, but I do think it's important that people can re- recognize that maybe that smile. Or that how are you today yeah. kind of thing where you're not going to get into a long conversation. Maybe that touched that person, and you'll never know how. So I didn't mean to digress, but I, I do want to ask you. I do want to go back to fear, and I'd like to know how do you personally stop fear from stopping you? I can tell you that when I went through the pain and agony of my business, and what my CFO did to me, I was livid. I was angry. I was 
battered, worn, scorned, beat down. I was a basket case. There were times, Marsha, when I would get in my car and en route to work, and it would take me about 45 minutes, 50 minutes to get to work. Mm -hmm. I would arrive in the parking lot of my office building and not even remember how I got there. It would be like, how did I get here? I was so, I, I was just in another space. And for the first time in my life, I understood why people commit suicide. Why? Oh my because not, not that I would do it, but I understood it because mm-hmm. you feel like you have nothing to live for. You feel like there, where do I go from here? You feel like, how can I start over? You know, my whole life is going up in smoke. So that was that just created a bunch of false insecurities in me because mm-hmm. starting over, losing everything. And when I tell you everything, everything, I lost everything and had to start over again. So these false insecurities can mar your future goals, your dreams, and your desires. So one day I just had to get a grip. Because mm-hmm. one night, every night I would cry myself to sleep. I'd wake up in the middle of the night. And this one night I was praying, asking God to please move me, move this situation. You know, give me back all that I've worked for, worked so hard. And nothing was happening. So, um, and, and I later came to find or to discover that it was a learning, it was a growing experience, and it was all part of what I had to endure. So what happened? I had to face my fears head on. And so overcoming fears involves taking risks. You got to venture into the unknown. But most importantly, sometimes you have to jump without a net without even knowing there is one. So I had to face those fears head on. I had to believe in myself and commit to make changes, commit to start all over again, commit to doing something that I never thought I would have to do. But most importantly, I had to forgive this person. Otherwise, I would be caught up caught up and I could not get beyond me. So am I going to allow the person who has destroyed my life continue to have control and make it the way he Mm -hmm. wants it to be for the rest of my life? So no, I had to stop fear in its tracks. And that took admitting it, embracing it, releasing it, it, it took talking about it, and most importantly, I say, if it was easy, Marsha, everybody mm-hmm. would be doing it. Right? Sure. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's not no. for the weak or the faint at heart. So um, I also developed a closer relationship with God because if it wasn't for God, I don't know if I could have done 
what I've done mm. by recreating my life, reinventing, transforming, and getting back in the game. I'll tell you another little quick story if I have time. Please, so we have plenty of that time, is, yes. Okay. So I used to work 12, 14, 16 hours a day because when it's your own baby, you do exactly what you need to do <laughs> to get the job done, yeah. right? And so when all the employees leave, that's when I get busy, right? Mm. Um, that's when I can have quiet time and I can assess and, and write and do all these great things. So I would always leave the office very late at night and get home late. One night, it was like 2 a.m. in the morning, I was working on a big proposal. I walked in hyper, tired, but so hyper, you know, you can't go to sleep. So I, mm-hmm. what do we do? We grab the remote, we turn on the tube. Right. Turned on the tube, and uh, all I could find was boxing on all the HBO, all those <laughs> channels, right? I'm dating yeah. myself, but all I oh, could find okay. was boxing. And so I said, I'm not a boxing fan. Why would I take time to listen to this? However, I said, let me just tune in. Maybe I can learn something from here. Well, mm. one guy was beating his opponent to a pulp. Eyes swollen, blood running down the cheek. The bell rang. They ran into the corner. The bell rang again. Out they came. But this time, the guy who was getting the beat down came out swinging. And he was swinging left and right, landing some punches and missing others. But all of a sudden, he mustered up enough strength to knock the guy out who was beating him to a pulp. And so what's the moral to that story? The moral to that story is if you stay in the game, if you stay in the fight, you may just win. But if you throw in the towel, if you get out prematurely, the rest is history. So you can't quit. you got to stay in. And so we are going to be served some not-so-exciting plates. But guess what? Whatever you're served, you got to take that and make it work or throw out that that you can't use and hold on to just that little piece that's there that's going to give you some satisfaction. Now, it takes work. Don't allow me to pretend that it doesn't. I have worked my buns off. But Mm -hmm. you can do it. Throw out the fear, get back in the game, commit to quitting is not an option. Run the race that's set before you. Don't allow fear to stop you in your tracks. There you go. And, you know, I, I want to go back to that STOP acronym because I don't know how many people are taking notes but I tend to take notes, especially for things like this. And so I believe what you said is the S is stop your – what? and I can't even read my the own S? handwriting. So, okay. Oh, support your fear. Let me give it to you Support your – yeah. So thank you, ma'am. There are two S's in there. There are two S's. Support your future by mm-hmm. seizing opportunities. Seizing. All right. Yes. Got it. Okay. Okay, the next the one is? is 
take control of your thoughts. You right. have to take control of you. Don't allow yourself to be controlled by anybody else. Take control of your thoughts. The okay. O is overcome your fears and open up to possibilities. So that's overcome and open. Overcome your fears and open up to possibilities. Okay. And the P, we have two P's in here, positive self-talk. So if you do positive self-talk, you will Mm -hmm. keep your problems in perspective. So we got three P's there. Positive self-talk, keep problems in perspective. Oh, that's just great. You know, the, the beauty about a podcast is that as people listen, they can always pause and and rewind, so to speak, and go back and listen yeah. to this. But this is really very important, and you know that. So yeah. please, can you just share some other ways to stop fear in its tracks? Do you have other any other suggestions that you'd like to add to that? Yes, yes, yes. Um, there are always additional things that you mm-hmm. can do such as focus on living in the moment. How often do we not do that? Yep. Take time to reflect on your fears. you got to be, fear is just a four-letter word. You have to be in touch with it. You have to manage your fear. You have to take control of your fear. Face it head on and never run from it. Another one I like is take a deep dive with the who, what, when, where, and how. Who is bringing this fear to you? What are you fearing? When does it take place? Where is it happening? And how you can overcome it. So take a deep dive there. Be open to discuss your fears. Mm -hmm. Accept fear and share it with somebody. It's okay to acknowledge that you're fear yes. that you're fearful, okay? Mm-hmm. Please acknowledge that. And um and then there there are many more, but sure. you want to look beyond the surface and discern that there is a presence of fear inside of you at this moment. And make yeah. sure you decide to control your health. Make sure you see when your blood pressure is going up. See when your mm-hmm. heart is racing. Be racing. in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes, yes, yes. Do you find in your experience in doing this that, and I'm, I'm at, this is a generalization question, so it's probably not a fair question, but it's a generalization okay. question. Do you think that women are able to do this a little bit easier than men? Or does it not really matter? I would say, well, I, you know, just in my own uh, in experience, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes, I think women will because there's, there's, they don't deal with the macho or I'm mm-hmm. a man and I was taught ever since I was a little boy that I'm, I shouldn't cry. You know, uh, right. or I gotta toughen up. I gotta be strong 
and all these crazy mm-hmm. things, you know, and mm-hmm. and that positions some of our males to think I can't I can't let myself go, you know I gotta right. I gotta you know stiffen the sign up of my weakness. upper lip. Yes, right. get over that foolishness. Yes. Be true to yes. thyself. Be exactly. true to thyself. So if you there got you an go. issue with it, deal with it. Face it head mm-hmm. on and overcome mm-hmm. it. Don't suppress it. What's going to happen with the suppression? It's going to come out later. So you want to or deal it's with make it. You sick. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. That's right. That's, I that's think right. that's very true. So if we understand, what are the benefits of understanding the fear of failure or the fear of success? What 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 is that? What is that understanding? First of all, people often fear success. They don't dive into a goal or dream or desire, not because they fear failing. They fear success. They don't know what to do with success. Mm. You've got people who thrive, who drive themselves, who are driven to obtain success, and they marvel in it. Then you've got other people who want success, but they fear success because they don't think they're deserving. They yes. fear success because they don't know what to do. They don't think they'll know what to do when they get there. Mm-hmm. So people say, I fear failure. Mm-mm. A great majority of people fear success. So That's, my thing wow. is throw mm-hmm. fear out the window altogether. Throw it out. Throw it out. Don't allow it to consume you. You control fear. There you go. That's really, really, I, and I'm sure there's some that would say that might be easier for some other than others which is why there yes. is therapy and why there is places while there while yes. you might have that best girlfriend that you walk with that you can just say oh my god you I was whatever you know um you reach a certain age in your life and many people become widows and widowers and we live alone and we're going to talk we're actually going to talk a little bit about that in just a moment but um do you think that that for most of us we come up with excuses for why we 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 have these fears. Yes, 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 yes. We, Marsha, we have excuses for everything. You know, yeah. it's easy when it doesn't work the way mm-hmm. we think that it should work, or if we fail in something. The quick, fast, and in a hurry response is mm-hmm. to come up with an excuse, right? Right. Wasn't my and fault. No. <laughs> right? You know, John did it or Sally did right. it, you know, uh, or, you know, the apple fell out of the tree and messed up my dress, okay, whatever right. whatever the situation <laughs> is. Because, I mean, and I use that one because sometimes they're so far-fetched, right? Right. It's like, What? Your parents are looking at you like, did that really happen? Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, it happened. <laughs> oh, gosh. You but, know what's so funny yes. about what you just said? 
I got just. Uh-huh. I, I'm sorry. I don't know why. For whatever reason, this conversation with you is just bringing out things that just are bubbling out of me because of what you are saying. Uh-huh. So I never really liked school. I liked playing. I liked my friends. <laughs> I paid attention. Yes. And yes. I was always in trouble for guess what? Talking. And then I would yeah. say to my parents, well, it wasn't my fault. He started talking to me, so I just turned around to see what he said. Uh-huh, really? Little did I know that someday I'd be doing this um, on a weekly basis going on more than eight and a half years because I was born wow. to talk. I just didn't yeah. know it at the time. I, I'm sure my parents are just chuckling like well gosh i guess she really did like talking didn't she it's like did she ever shut up well not too much and you know bless my husband he was an engineer if any of you are out there married to engineers do i need to tell you they don't talk they think they're on the right side of their brains and it wasn't that he didn't know how to talk he could talk but he let me be his mouthpiece he was the rock right. in the family right and it's just it's just interesting how we develop as humans and 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 by making excuses we sort of shortchange ourselves like let's move on you know so let let's let's see how we can pivot as they say how can we how can we re speak to ourselves how can we be our own cheerleader and maybe you can just think it or maybe you have to hear it and I have to hear it. Doesn't matter if I'm walking outside and, and I hear myself say, "You got this, girl. It's fine. You you'll find your car. You just mm-hmm. don't remember where you parked it right this minute, but you'll find it." And there it is, right over mm-hmm. there. See, I told you. So, <laughs> however you can be your own best friend, I remember. I remember that was another message my I got from my parents as well. You can't expect any my mother particularly. You can't expect anybody to love you if you don't love yourself. Mm-hmm. It was probably mm-hmm. the most important advice that I ever got from my mother because I believe that that's true. And um, by loving yourself, you know, yes, we're, we have, we have, we're not perfect. We, nobody strives to be perfect. I wouldn't want to be perfect. That sounds awful. So you just move the way you can to do the best you can. So... I'm sorry. I, this show should be all about you, but it, it's you've brought out a lot of thoughts in my brain about what we're talking about, which takes us to this book of yours, because we got to talk about this book, because I hear a song when I hear it. So let's talk about looking for love in all the wrong places. Tell us about the premise just, of this book. Okay. And just before we do that, I, yes, I wanted to finish with excuses, if I could. Please. What I oh, learned, please. Yes. What I learned uh, early on uh, in, well, actually in undergrad is where I learned it, Mm -hmm. the real true meaning of excuses. And that, once I learned that meaning, it shaped my thought process. And it's like, okay, I cannot use excuses anymore. And let me tell you what that is. Yes. Excuses are the tools of incompetence which builds monuments of nothing, and those who specialize in excuses are seldom good at anything else. Mm, I learned that, and it impacted me so great that I thought, okay, 
I can't use excuses anymore. So mm. we, we can't lie to ourselves just to remain in a comfort zone, right? Yes. We want to mm-hmm. be true to ourselves and rise above fear, rise above excuses, rise above whatever it's stopping you, whatever is stopping you in your tracks. You want to rise above that. So that's excuse. Wow. Now, about the book, mm-hmm. this book is a wonderful book, and not because it's just mine um, that I wrote it, but it's wonderful for both men and women alike because we look for love in all the wrong places without first looking inside of us. You can't possibly find love until you love yourself. Yep. And people will go to the ends of the earth looking for love. They will spend all all the money they have in their account looking for love. They will do whatever it takes to find true love. And it never works until you love you. Marsha, the book is phenomenal because I roll it out and I just give everybody a look inside of Dr. D's life. I had four marriages and four divorces before I realized, yes, that I didn't love me. So if I didn't stop and learn to love myself, then maybe it could be eight marriages and eight divorces Mm. Mm. uh, or more because I was looking for a man to validate me. I didn't stop Mm. to validate myself and to love what I saw when I looked in the mirror. Mm. Now, don't get me twisted. I (laughs) thought I had it going on, okay? Mm -hmm. Professional, attractive, educated, you name it. I had Mm -hmm. all, everything going for me, if you would. But in each situation, it would come up void for me. And in each situation, I just looked at all of these things and said to myself, did I not know this? Of course, I knew it. But I was willing to push that under the table. I was willing to slide it under the rug. I was willing to just overlook those things because I was desperate for love. You Mm. cannot look for love and find true love until you look within yourself. It's a great, easy read. Uh, It's, it's, you know, you can find it on my website. You can find it on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Um, It's everywhere books are sold. But it is a book that you will not put down very quickly, okay? It keeps you engaged because I'm sharing with you each and every one of my uh, stories about my relationships, mm-hmm. uh, about my childhood, you know, growing up and, and everything. It, it's right there. It's right there. So it's, wow. it's a great book. But let me leave you with self 
love first. Yes. Self-love first. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, it's it's very interesting what you what you talk about and what people you know all the dating sites that are out there today. Well, look at what's on TV right now. The Golden yes. Bachelor. Yes. You know. Yes. That, you know. I think that for some people, for some widows that I know, the last thing they want to do is find Mr. Wonderful again. They've already mm-hmm. had Mr. Wonderful, and they've accepted that there's not another Mr. Wonderful in their life again. For other people, it's like, but I knew what it was like to have Mr. Wonderful. I miss those arms. I miss mm-hmm. that company. I miss mm-hmm. that validation. And so everybody walks that space their own way, whether you're a widow or divorced, as you mentioned. But I think that that self-love that you just talked about, which you didn't know I was going to tell you that that's what my mother said to me all those years ago, and I'm talking about she probably said this to me probably more than 60 years ago. Oh, I know it was more than 60 years ago, that, you know, we have to love ourselves. And, you know, we have a few more moments. And I just I would like to ask you a question. I know you weren't expecting me to ask you, but you are so good at working off the top of your head because we really do have a few more minutes to speak. What advice, what advice, knowing what you know today, would you give your younger self? Oh, wow. I would really I know that's a pretty deep question. Yes, yes, but I'm happy to answer that. Oh, Um, great. The first thing, yes, the first thing I would do is – Give myself everything that I needed to love me. That is the first thing that I would do, and that is confidence in who I am. Um, That would be noticing red flags and accepting them. Uh, That would be um, not taking everything that I'm hearing from people about marriage and and what you should look for in a man or partner. Mm -hmm. Um, I would also ride the wave of the challenge because I wasn't excited about riding the wave of the challenge because you got to get married, you got to buy a house, you got to have children, you got to do all these things, right? Mm -hmm. You're not complete until you follow the rules that are set up and laid out by your grandparents and your parents and so society. I would dish all of that and I would Mm. give myself permission to love me, to be me, and to go and live my life to the fullest. My life, Mm. just like most of our lives, are shaped by what people say you should do and be. You can be having a conversation as a little kid. Oh, you're going to be a good teacher. Oh, you would be a great ballerina. You would be Mm -hmm. this. Oh, you should sing. You should be a musician. And the list goes on and on and on. But how many people stop and ask, what is it that you want? Right. And it's okay It's okay, podcast family. It's okay to try different things. 
mm-hmm. and get a feel. So just because you were told to do this or to be that, let's say the engineer, and you get into it and you hate it, it's not something that brings you joy. It's not something that you feel uh, fulfilled with or, you know, gives you everything you need that you're looking for in a career. Change it. It's never too late to change. You only have one life. And you are to learn to live that to the fullest, learn what it is you want out of life, where you want to go, what you want to be, and what you want to do, and stick to your guns. And it's okay to try many different things. So telling my younger self, telling my younger self, Dr. Mm -hmm. D, be who you want to be. First of all, I would ask the question, Who are you and where are you going? If you could be anything in the world you want to be and you could go anywhere in the world, then do that. Decide on that and do it. If you get across the bridge and it doesn't look as rosy as you thought, then go the opposite direction and start over again. It's your life. It is not a dress rehearsal. You only get one shot at it. Oh. Wow. Do you have you done a TED talk? No, I haven't. I was accepted. Oh, put it on your uh, bucket list, honey. Well, wow. I have, to, I have to tell you this. I was accepted to do one, mm-hmm. and this was uh, four or five years ago, and my mother passed away, so I didn't go oh. through with it. But I'm ready to dive back in and try again. I I have a contact for you, but I would just say. Okay. I could I could see you on a stage. I could see you. Um, I don't want to. Commanding almost sounds like a harsh term, but I could see you involving every single person that's listening into being captivated by what you have to say. Because if you are interested in making changes in your life one of the things that you've been really clear about is not letting fear be in charge. And yes. and and it's okay if you recognize that it is, but now what? What's the next steps in putting fear to the side and putting joy in front of it? You know, I I yes. I think it's it's important sometimes I'll ask people, has anybody ever asked you um do you know what your purpose is? Do you, do you feel like you have a purpose in life? Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. amazing to me. I would say the majority of the people that I ask that question to don't have a response for that. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if yeah. it's because I'm a widow, if that helped me to, it's like, well, hey, you know, it's you're looking over your left shoulder, you're looking over your right shoulder, you're it, you know. Um, so I don't know if that was part of it. But um, I'm willing. I think there has to be a willingness also to want to make change and to uh, and to uh, cast fear aside. But I just want to thank you for all that you've added to this day for me personally, and I'm certain everyone that listens feels the same way. This has been an absolute joy, absolute joy to have you join me today. Well, it was my pleasure to be here, and thank you for the invitation. 
Uh, it's been wonderful. I, when you talk about purpose, Marsha, um, I went on a different tangent in life. But knowing my true purpose now, and that is inspiring and empowering individuals to move beyond whatever trial, tribulation, or adversity, to pick themselves up after they fall, to reinvent, mm-hmm. to transform their lives. So I am in my purpose, and it, it, you can feel it because I feel mm-hmm. it. I and guess. This is what, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, and, you know, that's interesting because when we spoke last week or whenever it was prior to this podcast, I felt all of what you just said. You can't make that stuff up. You, right. you, you are authentic. Um, people can spot a phony. You are far from that. You are the real deal. And that's why people are going to love your website. They're going to love your book. And hopefully they will love this podcast and share it with their friends because I can tell you this, this has just been a wonderful way to start my week by having this conversation with you. There are five Mondays in this month, and boy, oh, boy, what what a week I have coming up. And you want to know this isn't deliberate, but all five of my guests this month are women. Just, it wasn't, Amazing. I didn't, I didn't make it happen <laughs> that way. But it's funny because Amazing. last week it was about breast cancer because it is October. And the mm-hmm. last um, episode of this month... We'll also be delving into breast cancer as well. But, you know, everyone has a story, Dr. D, and you know that, and I know that. You're a podcaster, I'm a podcaster, and my goal is to share people's stories and have them be inspired. And you've certainly done that for me. And I just want to thank you once again for spending this time with me. It's been a joy. Thank you once again. I I am just elated to be here. And if I have a quick minute, I'll throw that yes, that please. story. Okay. Please. So when we talk about life stories, everybody has a story. The first chapter of your life story is your birth. The last chapter is your death. And all the chapters in between represent the life you live. So I encourage you to write your own story. If you don't write your story, it will be written for you. And that's not what life is all about. Write your story. Oh, my gosh. What a perfect way to end this podcast. Feel my hug from across the country because I could feel the love that you have for what it is you do. It's just been really, this will be, we'll have to do this again sometime. I've, I've, when, you do, when you write your next book or when you get a TED Talk. But until then, I'm going to let you get on with your day. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And please share this. Check out Dr. D's book. Um, and um, I look forward to having you join me again next week. And for now, I will just say goodbye. Have a great week, everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.